0: Father we thank you for this morning God we thank you for your goodness God we thank you for your grace and your mercy Father we just thank you for all that you've done we thank you for the cross and God we pray just that as Brother Lee brings your message God that you would open our our ears to hear what you need to say and God soften our hearts to receive it God allow your spirit to just flow freely through this place God God, we love you, and we praise you. It's in your name. Amen. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. So the verse of Scripture that we finished on last week was verse 44. Man, we'll have to get an adjustment, looks like. Matthew 24, 44. Jesus said, Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, all along, Jesus' teaching to the disciples was to answer that nobody knows the hour, but you can see these signs happening. The temple is going to be gone. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be pestilence, famine, earthquakes. There's going to be a huge falling away of faith. There's going to be an effort to take the gospel to the whole world. and It's going to be accomplished. And uh, there's going to be lots of problems with preachers. They're going to be preaching things that is not sound to the scripture. It's going to be a time where people's ears are going to be wanting to be scratched. And they're going to want to hear what they want to hear. And it, in intermingled in all this is his exhortation to us to be ready. And he gives the example of no one knows the hour and the thief, if you knew what time the thief was gonna come breaking your house, you'd be ready with a shotgun. You'd be ready sitting in the, in the dark somewhere in a, in a rocker, waiting for the thief to come in. And when the thief comes in, you've got him. But if you don't know when the thief is coming, then obviously you're gonna get broken into. And he uses that to say, stay alert, stay ready, watch for the signs, be aware of them. And he says all this to say to us that we must be ready. He's urging us, he's pleading with us, he's beseeching us, be ready for the return of Christ. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We talked about the practice last week of the Galilean wedding tradition, the way they went about it and no one knew when the wedding was gonna be. The bride prepared, she had her dresses all ready, she had her bridesmaid's gowns all situated, and when rumors began to really grow that it looks like the, 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 the part of the house that the groom had been building so that they could move into was prepared, it was ready, when it was obviously evident that the preparations were being made for the meal, and all that was going to take place, then, then uh, they knew it was time to get ready. You need to be ready every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You need to be ready because no one knew the hour, knew exactly the time that the groom's dad, the father, would, would summon and he would give the word. He would say, now's the time. Now you can, He would say, son, now go get your bride. If it was one o'clock in the morning, that was it. Now, think about that. So, at one o'clock in the morning, uh, everyone would have to really get after it. They would have to wake up. There would be be the trumpet. There would be the sound. There would be the singing. There would be the parade. And and the brides, the bride and the bridesmaids often would sleep in their dresses because they want to be prepared. And, and, uh, you know, there'd become a time when. Uh, the bride's mom perhaps might come to the bride and say honey let me tell you i think it's getting close it looks to me like that house is finished it looks like the room is ready to go i i I saw them out buying groceries the other day and they were buying more groceries than they normally would and so they're you know and someone said they're smoking meat down the road so we need to get ready for this so you might ought to start sleeping in your dress And that's an interesting symbolic thing for us as believers. We're the bride of Christ and we clothe ourselves with Jesus. And so the idea of that white wedding dress is we are clothed with righteousness. And so just as that Galilean bride would get ready, we need to be ready. We need to be ready because we don't know the hour. You don't know the time. And we for sure don't want to miss our wedding right we don't want to miss that opportunity to be uh, united with the groom with christ coming to retrieve us and get us and for him to return and for the wedding feast to be prepared for us and for the big celebration to happen and so jesus here in matthew 24 says to us you need to be ready now what does it mean to be ready that's got to be a question that was in the minds of disciples and the words of Jesus, I think, I think Jesus reading their minds and hearts knew that. So what does it really mean to be ready? And in the rest of chapter 25, Jesus lays out clearly what it means to be ready for the return of Christ. He begins this instruction of how to be ready by question. He says in verse 45, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time who then who is faithful who is wise who is a servant and who is fulfilling their assignment they're being obedient to what they've been called to do he says blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Now, we're going to begin with this last part here, because this is a warning to really pay attention to what it means to be a faithful and wise servant, fulfilling your responsibility, fulfilling your assignment, even though the master is away. He says in verse 48 here, but if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed, And begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he does not know and will cut him to pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a warning! You got a wise servant and an unwise servant. The unwise servant is almost a scoffer like we read in First Peter today. It's been a long time that Jesus said he was returning, and here we are, <laughs> there's no sign of him. I mean, do you really believe that this guy's coming back? Do you really believe in can you really live your life for one that said so long ago that he was going to return and he was going to give you hope and he was going to give you a fulfilled life and he was going to make this heaven for you and do all these things for you? And and it's been such a long time. and And here we have this wicked servant, He's unfaithful. He's unwise. He is not truly a servant to the meaning of the word. And he's not fulfilling his responsibility. He says, you know, the master's been gone a long time. I'm going to live it up. I'm not going to fulfill my responsibility. I'm not going to work every day. I'm not going to take care of business. And he beats other servants and he drinks and, he, and he, he's a glutton and he lives for himself. And Jesus paints a real clear contrast between this unfaithful, unwise this, this wicked servant and the wise, faithful, good servant that takes care of his assignment. So what it means to be ready, what it means to be uh, uh, in the right spot with the right heart in the right place at the right time for the return of Christ. Years ago, I saw Jimmy Johnson speaking to the University of Miami before their off season. It he was, he was quite a, a, a good speech, I thought. He really, he, Jimmy Johnson retired. He had all the Super Bowl rings. He had the national championships. And, and of course, at the University of Miami, he's very well respected and liked. And and so they had him come and speak to the, the football team before they began their off-season training for the new year. And he said to them, let me tell you what I've witnessed. Let me tell you what I've experienced in the game of football, that it's not the people with the best technique that win. It's not the people even with the best talent that win. It's not the team with the best scheme that wins. He said, if if you, if you take a look at all our Super Bowl teams, you take a look at our national championship team here at Miami, he said, we weren't always the best coach team on the field. We weren't always the best skilled. We weren't always the team playing the best technique. He said, but when we won the national championship, he said, there was no question at Dallas and also at Miami, I knew, I knew that we were the best team in regard to shape. We were in shape. He said, the best teams are in shape. He said, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how well you play a position, how your technique is. It doesn't matter how well your coach and how good the coach calls plays on game day. All of that doesn't matter if you're out of shape. Because if you're out of shape, you're going to lose. Because he said, it doesn't matter how fast you can run with the ball. If if it comes to the third quarter, the fourth quarter, and if you're out of shape, you can't run as fast. He said, the, the running backs that fumble the ball, it's because they're out of shape. He says, because they've lost their energy, they've lost their grip. He said, the quarterbacks that start, start seeing things that aren't there and they start thinking somebody's open and they're not open, it's because they're not in the form of shape. And he says, so the most important thing you can do to prepare for a football season is everyone has to be in shape everyone has to be ready to play and not just ready to play for the first quarter the second quarter but ready to play no matter how hot it is no matter how much it's raining no matter how windy it is no matter what the circumstances are no matter how good the team is we're playing we've got to be in better shape than our opposing team or it doesn't matter we will lose and so men he said to him you're about to start your off season work hard Put yourself in a position to win, and the most important thing you can do to get in a position to win is to be in in good, top shape to play this game. I think that in a spiritual context, that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying to the disciples, He's saying to the disciples that are going to go through some really difficult times, He says, you got to be ready. He's saying, you need to be in spiritual Shape, And this question here that we find, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has set over the household, are four keys that we can, we can examine in our own lives and ask ourselves the question, are we in spiritual shape? He says, first of all, who then is faithful? Who then is faithful? faithful comes from faith faith saves faith opens the door to salvation faith allows us to encounter god faith is the hope of things that we can't see it's the assurance of things that we can't see faithfulness is a result of faith faithfulness is we're reliable we're dependable we will not quit No matter how difficult it is, we will not quit. We will not turn our back on God. We will not disrespect Christ. We will live for Him. No matter in our failures, in our struggles, in our trials, no matter how bad time gets, no matter how difficult things are, we will be faithful. We will not quit. Now, back to Jimmy Johnson's illustration. If a believer is not in spiritual shape, they're going to quit. If our heart is not right with the Lord, if our, if our spirit is not right, if we are living according to our flesh, we are going to quit. We're going to give up. When times really get difficult, when times really get hard, when it appears that we're the only one living for Christ in our little world, when it appears that no one else is with us, that we are going at it all alone, when it appears that no one cares, when it appears that we are outnumbered and, and we're like in a valley and we're surrounded by enemies on every side and there, we don't have enough amino, ammo, we don't have enough bullets, we don't have enough arrows to, to defend ourselves and we think that all is lost, the believer who is not in shape is going to quit. They're going to become unfaithful. It doesn't happen automatically. Usually it's a gradual process. We stop praying. We stop reading the scripture. We start being obedient. We stop respecting the things of God. We we just lose heart. That's why Jesus said to the disciples, Let not your heart be troubled don't lose heart he had just got through telling them that he was going to leave them and he probably saw the look in their eyes he could read their heart he knew that they're going oh no how in the world are we going to be able to make it through this let not your heart be troubled and so the first thing that we to ask ourselves is this jesus asked who then is faithful are we faithful are we going to quit? Do we have much quit in us? When times really get difficult, are we going to hang in there with Jesus? Are we going to keep on praying? Are we going to keep on following? Are we going to keep on being obedient to His word? Are we going to keep on doing the things that Jesus has asked us to do? Who then is faithful? And then he says, who then is wise? This word wise here is not just getting facts and knowledge and understanding. It is being able to put it to work. So in, in a, a common sense way, it's walking around spiritual sense. It's having the knowledge of God's word. But more importantly than having the knowledge of God's word, it's putting into practice what you know and what you understand. You're going to be forgiving. You're going to be loving. You're going to be caring. You're just simply going to do the things that God's asked you to do walking around sense. it's living according to the spirit it's living by prayer it's living according to the word it's following the ten commandments it's not allowing another god to become your god it's keeping yourself pure it's keeping yourself right with god it's being concerned with what god is concerned with it's spiritual walking around sense and you have to ask yourself the question are you growing are you growing in becoming more like christ are you growing in wisdom are you, are you practicing wisdom in the world? If you're not practicing wisdom, if you're not growing, if you're not becoming more like God wants you to be, you're gonna be out of shape. And when these difficult days come that Jesus has been talking about, you are gonna have a hard time remaining faithful. You're gonna say, What's the use in it? What's the sense in it? What's the use in going to church? What's the use in going to the Bible study? What's the use in staying accountable? What's the use of not being a hypocrite? What's the, what's the use of if nobody's looking, I'm going to be honorable and I'm going to have integrity and I'm going to live for God no matter what is going on around me. We begin to lose direction. We begin to lose focus. And, and that is being unwise. And so the truth of the matter is, according to the words of Jesus, we've all got to come to the place where we go, I'm, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to keep on doing what Jesus has instructed me to do regardless of how, how this world changes. And by the way, this world is changing. It is really changing around us. I mean, folks... We, we, we are seeing the beginning of those birth pains take place. Now, I don't know if we're past the birth pains yet. I don't know where we're at with all that stuff, but I believe that it would be, it it would be a a mistake for us not to prepare ourselves and to get in good shape spiritually to, to make a commitment today that regardless of what happens, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to finish well. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I may be the only one left, but, but by stars, I'm going to be loyal to Jesus. I'm going to be faithful to him. And so who then is faithful and who then is wise? And then Jesus says, who is the faithful and wise servant? There's some attributes of a servant that I think can be helpful to discuss. I think it helps illuminate what it means to be faithful and wise. Servant. Jesus says over in John chapter 13, in right after he washed the disciples' feet, he says, truly, I say to you in verse 16, a servant is not greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent me. If you, knew, if you know these things, blessed are you who do them. So we need to understand what it means to be a servant. We need to be, we need to understand what it means to have this servant-master relationship, okay? Number one, servant. We're not the master. We've never been the master We're never gonna be the master. And no matter how hard you tried to be in charge of your life, you're never gonna be there. It's a foolish waste of energy and time. We are not the master. We are the servant. We do not call the shots. We we do not control the destiny. We are a servant. We are his servant. He is the master. We are the servant. A servant listens to orders and obeys orders. That's being in shape, being a servant, hearing the orders, obeying the orders. That's what a servant does. A servant does not live to please themselves, a servant lives to please the master. The servant is faithful and wise even when the master is away. That's who a servant is. A servant lives to please his master. Now, the only way to be in spiritual shape is to understand what it means to be a servant. We are not the order giver. We are not in charge. We are the servant. And we pay attention to to what our master wants and we obey him we are our servant not above our master not in charge not in control it's not our ideas it's not our goals it's not our destiny that we seek it's his we serve for his pleasure do you have a good understanding of what it means to be a servant do you have the right perspective between you and God right position He's the master, we're the servant. And Jesus says that one of the ways to be ready is to recognize that servanthood. Who is the wise, who is the faithful servant? Are you a servant? Are you listening to the Lord? Are you doing your own thing? Are you paying attention to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you? Are you following orders? Are you following orders or are you doing your own thing? If you're doing your own thing, you're not going to make it. I'm going to tell you right now. If you're doing your own thing, you're not going to make it through the hard times. You're going to quit. You're going to be unfaithful. You're going to turn away. You're going to walk away from things of the Lord. Not mentioning salvation, not talking about that. He's still going to hold on to you. But you're not going to be a glory maker for Him if you're not a servant. Because if you're not a servant, you're not humble and you're not walking away from your pride. And the thing that keeps you in the driver's seat is pride. And so that's really an important thing. Are you a servant? Now, the people that have a, prayerful, a prayer life that's powerful, the people that have a faith that's able to handle no matter what comes their way, they're servants. They're servants. The masters of their own destiny, they fail, they fall, they give up when life gets difficult. So who then is the faithful and wise servant? Then he says, whom his master has set over his household. The master set this faithful, wise servant over his household and gave him an assignment, gave him responsibility to give them their food at the proper time. So what was this, what was this servant's assignment? Take care of all the people while the master's gone. Make sure they had the crops in the field. Make sure they were butchering the calf at the right time. Make sure everything was ready. And make sure these people have food. They are ready to eat, they have what they need to eat. All the things of the, of the, the uh, uh, farm are taken care of. Fulfilling their responsibility that's being in spiritual shape, being obedient following the lord's will concerning his assignment for your life are you doing what god's asked you to do are you in a position of of his covering or are you running your own race are you doing your own thing that's how you're in spiritual shape you're fulfilling what god's asked you to do you're doing your assignment with faithfulness with wisdom as a servant devoted to christ so four things that we ask ourselves that helps us to understand if we are indeed ready for the return of christ now being ready for the return of christ means we are living effectively now we are bringing glory to him we're making much of god in our life number one are you faithful Or has the world got a hold of you? Are you faithful or do you give in to appetite? Are you faithful or are you living for your own pleasure? Are you faithful or are you more concerned about being noticed? Are you faithful or are you more concerned about being in charge of your life? Number two, are you living out spiritual wisdom? Are the things of Jesus changing you? Are the teachings of Jesus changing you? Are you becoming more and more like Christ? Are you growing in love? Are you growing in grace? Are you growing in faith? Are you growing in gentleness? Are you growing in joy? Are you growing in kindness? Is your prayer life deepening? Are you, are you getting where you hear His voice more clear than you used to? What's going on there? Are you a servant? And you you know the answer to that very quick. The Holy Spirit is making you aware of it right now. You know whether or not you have a a servant mindset. You know whether or not your heart is positioned right now for servanthood. You know right now how much of your flesh is in control of your life. And if your flesh is in control of your life, you're going to quit. You're going to give up. You're not going to hang in there. You're not going to be the ones that takes the gospel to the whole world because things are so difficult, you're going to quit and give up and give in to what the, what the devil, the enemy, lays out before you. And so Jesus very clearly says that if we are ready, we're going to be fulfilling our assignment. So faithful, wise, a servant, and doing what the Lord's asked us to do. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? That's the question that Jesus finishes chapter 24 with. Are you ready? Are you the wise servant or are you the unwise servant? Are you the faithful servant or the unfaithful servant? Are you the the righteous servant or the wicked servant? Where are you? Where are you? Are you ready? are you in spiritual shape years ago my son was a drill instructor for you that don't know that at in san diego and he was moving he and michelle was moving to base housing and because of his schedule he really couldn't do a lot of work so i went out there and helped them move and we moved him into base housing there uh, by miramar and uh got him moved and all taken care of and and uh uh Michelle said, Daniel called and said, tomorrow, if, if you want to, uh, because I had a day before I had to fly back, he said, you can go and we can take you over here on Camp Pendleton, and he's moving his group to Camp Pendleton, and you can see him in action. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to see that. And, and this was, this was the, the day that they're moving them to Edson Range from San Diego to Camp Pendleton so they can begin their rifle training so she tells he tells her where to put me and so we arrived before they got there we were sitting there in this parking place that overlooked these barracks is down there and he, she said this is where he told us to be and it wasn't too long after that some box trucks come in and they park away from where we were and then these buses file in right next to the box trucks and uh uh Drill instructors get out and take their place and they're all standing, get attention. And, and these recruits start running off those buses and open up the back of those box trucks and, and they're obviously gonna unload all the trucks. And we were probably about 50 yards from where this was taking place, so I was watching it all. And for about an hour, I mean, a good hour, it was nothing but seeing those boys Bring those sea bags off and ironing boards and different things and lockers. And, and they were lining them up on the ground and positioning all just right. You could tell. And the drill instructors are running around yelling and screaming and doing all their thing. And, and you'd see them all get out and they'd all stand behind their duffel bags in at attention. And I, I'd kept my eyes on my son and he'd walk down. He'd walk down all of a sudden. He'd just go like he just just lost his mind and back in all that stuff goes. It'd come back out. They'd find something wrong. Back in it went. Over and over and over. And then after about an hour or so, they take all that stuff into a barracks and they come back up, they line back up in formation. And and these drill instructors are running around and all of a sudden they just go nuts. And and for another hour they did push-ups mountain climbers running in place the old run in place drop to your to your belly and back up ups and downs we used to call them for over an hour they're doing this and they're running all the way across the the parking area and then they're running back and they're standing at attention And then they're coming down and something else happens. And then they're on again. They're all doing jumping jacks. They're all doing push-ups. They're all going out in this sand pit and making them run in place in the sand and doing these mountain climbers in the sand. And they get all that done. And then they line back up and all of them together. And it was obvious that someone was talking to them above a platform type thing and was probably giving them what for. And then it just goes ballistic. And those guys ran everywhere and those drillers. Are running here, and they all get out, and they're having another exercise activity, and and he brought his group right over by us so that I could hear good and I could see what he's doing, and, and and not just him, but every single one of those drill instructors absolutely terrorized those guys. I mean, I'm sitting there going, it's been three and a half hours, and these guys have been at max heartbeat. I mean, this is just nuts. They'd run in the barracks, run back in. They'd run in the barracks, the brooms, they'd sweep and clean and come back out, run back in with mops and mop and come back out, just back and forth, back and forth. And later I says, well, it must have been really dirty in there. He said, it wasn't dirty at all. What does that get, What does being dirty have to do with cleaning? And so this goes on for a long time, and, and he's just wearing these guys out, and we had some food for him. And so... Uh, uh he starts walking towards us and as soon as he passed the last guy big smile comes on his face walks up and she said to me says he's not allowed to let them see him laugh or smile said i think he has fulfilled that function today (laughs) he gets in the car he said what do you think about that he said pull over there they can't see me eat and so we pull away from the group and she's got him a sandwich, different things that he's eating. What do you think about that, big dog? I said, well, I said, uh, you know, if, if someone were to walk up here and see what y'all were doing to these guys, they would call it abuse. He said, it ain't abuse. And I said, man, son, this, I've, I've never been through a two days like that. I've never been through an off-season program like that. That was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. I said, man, how do they do that? He goes, they're getting ready. I, I said, he said, Dad, you hadn't been to war. I said, right, I have not been to war. He said, I have. And every day I live with that. I said, all right. He said, here's the deal. What we're doing saves lives every one of this was back in 2007 or thinking there there so he said every one of those boys they're going to go to Afghanistan or Iraq every one of them I'm saving lives we are saving lives and he said here's the deal this is what I remembered most the whole, that little session him rebuking me and straightening me out he said we are getting them ready so when they hear an order they obey Immediately, and that saves lives. All right, then, I said. He ate his sandwich. He said, Take me back over. He gets back out, puts his face back on, (laughs) and goes over there, and no telling how much he terrorized them the rest of the night. But those words, you ever been to war? No, I have. And we are teaching them how to live. We are saving lives. Oh, we need to get ready. We need to be prepared for war. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. You are good to us. And we just give you the glory and honor that you're worthy of. Father speak to our hearts today and and Father I pray your spirit will reveal to each one the level of preparedness we are for what's to come in the future. May we be faithful, may we be wise, may we be servants. May we each, Lord, be faithful and wise and have a servant-like spirit as we do your assignment that you've called us to. In Jesus name. Amen.